Hi, I'm Coop Squared. Welcome to the Cashers Corner. Corner. Uh, we're your host, Zor. Reverend Slippery. And this month we have uh, a special guest all the way from our capital city of Fredericton. Coop Square. So uh, welcome to the podcast, uh, Daryl. It's good to have you here. Thank you. Um, so, you know, the regular way we do this, we kind of talk a little bit about news and stuff, and you have your little cheesy script here. So uh, at any point in time, you just feel the, you can chime in. Um, so some of the stuff I have in our, our monthly news for October is there was a, a, an update made to the Garmin firmware for a lot of the newer GPSs, and we experienced this on the uh, last weekend. Uh, they did a whole big update to allow extra features for open caching in all of, of the Garmin units, of course. Um, and in the process of doing so, they have kind of toasted anybody that has an Oregon 550 or 450 that wants to geocache. Because now when you load your caches, it takes upwards of 20 minutes for your GPS to boot up if you have more than 1,000 caches loaded in your geocache file. I read something about that. I'm just glad I didn't have one. Yeah. and I'm, then, I'm pleased I haven't updated it. <laughs> well, <laughs> apparently, yeah. if you go on the, like the Garmin War Oregon wiki, there's yeah. all kinds of people talking about rolling them back to the 5.0 because the 5.1 firmware is made apparently a mess of geocaching. So uh, I'm, I'm not That's too convenient. happy. Yeah, I'm not I'm, too happy. I'm thrilled I didn't update. <laughs> I'm not too happy about the fact that mine is now really slow to start up. So, and apparently too, it's got a bug where it will, uh, if you try to do one of the wireless transmit from person to person, it crashes in the middle. The firmware will crash. Or it's it's done that forever. Oh, has it? I'm, um, I've never every time, you, every time you use the wireless transfer, it'll transfer one properly. Okay. But the second one you try to transfer, like if you're trying to transfer five or six for a series or something, okay. the second, you have to turn them both off, <laughs> turn them both back on, and then transfer it. Really? Then turn them off, turn them back on. <laughs> Otherwise, it, does, it can't find the other unit anymore. Wow. So I... it'll search and try and search and search and search, and it'll never find it. Wow. Well, I've done I've done a couple like that when we've gone to our PEI trip, but aside from that, I, I very rarely use it. It was it was actually Z Martello was trying to send me that alley. Yeah, that's right. Crash, yeah. So did it work? Uh, no, it crashed at ninety seven percent. And of course, we didn't find Alley Cat. <laughs> I'm sure everybody knows about it. Alley Cat's a tricky one. Yeah. Um, I've been it, there three times. It took me three times to find yeah, it, and so. I found it by sheer luck alone. Oh, really? So we're gonna go. We're gonna go. I'm gonna go again someday and get that one. The next one. Next time, maybe we'll get it. I saw a uh, thing in the, I don't know if you guys get the Ground Speak weekly newsletter, excuse me, newsletter. So they're doing their survey. I think they had one out last year. I didn't get the email for the survey, but apparently they're doing, uh, like, I don't know, research through their clientele by uh, sending out survey to ask them questions about what do you think about this and this and this about the future of caching and things that Groundspeak's doing. So you mean they're not going to rely on the people in the forum? <laughs> <laughs> I That's quite wise, I think. Yes. <laughs> I suspect that um, they... Ignore the forums as much as possible? <laughs> yeah, well, I would too. I mean, that, that is just a... That's flame, flame terror. Well, I mentioned that in my post I put this afternoon on Cash Up NB. Oh, about, did you? About how terrible it is when you go into that forum and it's how it's nice to discuss things here in New Brunswick and you know not get eaten alive not get yeah. eaten alive and it's funny too concerns. because we, we've actually seen US people register for accounts on cash at New Brunswick and from time to time when they that happens 
those are the guys that tend to post the comments that are very volatile, and we're all kind of like, okay, who's this guy? And then everybody wants to find out who it is, and it's obviously not a local. So and then we remove them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's kind of interesting to see uh, how that, that there tends to be that that issue. So um, this is another real quick one. We've been discussing this on and off just briefly in uh, some of the other podcasts about the light squared LTE issue down in the U.S. Yep. Apparently, it's been challenged. The the FCC has denied them, saying that they have to find a way to uh, work around the GPS jamming problem because mm-hmm. it would cause the jamming. So that was very good to see. Not that it's a big effect for us in Canada, but it yeah you know, yeah yes. exactly. It's a great way to put it. Absolutely. So did you guys read about the? Uh, Geocaching being banned in I, British I Columbia? I didn't see that, to be honest. I've been too busy getting everything else ready in the last <laughs> yeah, couple of Yeah, you have weeks, been busy. So. We'll talk about that a little bit, a little yeah, bit later. You, you have an excuse. So. Yeah. Uh, basically, the Transportation Department in British Columbia has banned any geocaches from... But it was not an official. Oh, okay. It, they don't, it came from their office. They don't know who, and it wasn't an official thing. Oh, okay. They're, not, they're, re, they're researching it now. Okay, so because yeah. the, the impression that I got from the stuff I read said that basically highway guardrail caches were becoming nope. illegal or no, something. One hundred meters away from anything owned by the Department of Transportation. Oh, so any anything, anything no matter what that, it is, that has to do with the Department of Transportation. You can't be within one hundred meters of it with the geocache. So a guardrail, a sign. Uh, well, that's yeah. a huge distance. One hundred meters. Yeah, it's, it's fifty feet from a railroad. And supposedly, Groundspeak is starting to email people telling them to go and remove their caches. And then when they looked into it. They realized that the Department of Transportation didn't know what they were talking about. It had come from oh. somebody without the permission to do that. So it's somebody under, with a grudge. Somebody with a grudge. Oh, so it must be up okay. for review. Wow. Okay. Well, that's that's good to know. No, I'm not saying it's not still there, but the last I saw was is under review. So it's not it, necessarily the. It would surprise me if it was 100 meters um, in particular. Like I can understand having a band of. Yeah. a certain distance from highways and things because it's silly to have to pull over on the side of the highway to... Uh, well, it happened to, in Nevada. Drive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's silly to... Like, even pulling over on the Trans-Canada Highway here between Fredericton and Moncton is terrifying trying to grab <laughs> that one cache that's under the road or something. Like, you, you don't do it. But it's safer than a, than it's safer a back than road. A, it's safer than a back road, certainly, because it's a wide enough shoulder. Yes. But at the same time, it's terrifying because the cars are whizzing by three <laughs> times the speed they should be. Yeah. So... <laughs> Like, I understand the idea of banning them on highways, and I understand the idea of banning them on highway transportation objects and things, especially because of what happened in Nevada, but yeah. 100 meters is such a huge distance that clearly nobody would have thought that out if that was the policy. I'm One, sure that if yeah. they do it, it'll be reduced drastically. One thing we should point out to those, anybody listening, that doesn't know what happened in Nevada. Yeah. Like to enlighten them in, in the situation that well, happened that was there? the original E.T. Highway, where they were all right on the highway just on highway mile markers, and they were meters from the road. People were actually pulling off Pull, the pulling road off, in their car, the reaching out the window, grabbing yeah, the exactly. cash. And it wasn't and, something like a snowplow or something? And there was yep. there was some areas that were very tricky, a certain section that was really bad, and they got too many reports of cars pulled over, stopped, the plows almost hit somebody, so they just said, get them out of there. Okay. And Groundspeak went to bat in some of the local areas, and they, they're all 50 meters off now. But, okay. But you could go 500 meters in the desert in a straight line. Hmm. So interesting. They're all further back now, and they've got them, and they want them there. And there's 1,500 now instead of 1,200, yeah, or whatever the original number is. If you're into power trails, that's where to go. But that I can't. We've had this discussion before. Yeah, I many can't times. imagine how. I don't want to log them. Yeah, I, 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 I did the Stud Mill, Stud Mill Road run with a few friends, uh, and that's right, that yeah. itself was. I mean, we did 100 of them. We had fun, but 
I, I don't know if I'd want to do it again. Like, well, I mean, you get about twenty in, and it's kind of like, okay, this is. It's if the if same. you're not with a good group of friends, then you you might as well just drive your car off the bridge. <laughs> like, it's just. It's, yeah, I I would agree with you. So it's kind of like what Jeff was saying though, when him and Mark did the ET Highway, like they went out. The two of them are really really good friends. They enjoyed the desert road. They yeah. see some of the U.S. aircraft and stuff. So there's lots of things that they like. So if you have that, it's good. If it's just whatever for the sake of doing it, then. You would get bored stiff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got an email today. The ACGA coins have shipped. So if you purchased the uh, the four set, so I was very happy to see that. So anybody that may have ordered their set, they're uh, they're en route. Um, and the uh, last little thing here was just uh, I noticed this because I'm a, I'm a big fan of his maps, but there's a there's a free topo map you can get online. I don't know the guy's actual name, but it's the Ipicus Topo. Maybe that's his name. I think <laughs> I, I think that's his catching cool, name. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a free Topo map for all of Canada. So if you have a Garmin unit that supports, uh, well, basically the standard Garmin maps, it's a free map you can download. And uh, the 4.0 is out, and it's. it's Would it work on on my 60CS or only well, on the newer ones? The 3.0 that I gave you yeah. that I tried to load. I mean, it loaded fine, but it just the map never showed up on there. So I mean, we could try it. I could load. No, it I don't care. Machine, but I got my Magellan for maps. <laughs> so. I got my phone for maps too. Yeah, mm. that's true. Um, so I have under uh, recent events and caches. The only thing that really stood out within the last month is just the. Uh, the typical Moncton, Fredericton, St. John breakfast, which is a, a good question for you. Uh, how active are your breakfasts? How many, like, do you guys get a lot of attendees? Is it... It's lower in the summer. We have around 30 or so a month in the summer. Oh, okay. Um, during the fall, winter, spring, we've had as many as 60 people. Wow, um, really? We, we're, we're having a bit of trouble with our venues now. We used to go to Jives every month, but Jives closed down, and they had room for 45 people, and we overfilled it every time. Wow. We're, we're now at Jungle Gyms, typically, because they have a little side room for us. And uh, Originally, I think they said they could accommodate 25, but I know we've had significantly more than that, so <laughs> I think they might have changed their allowances, Okay. which they would do if they took out the pool table and stuff in the middle <laughs> of the room. Um, but we frequently are a filled room. Oh, um, wow, really? So We went up there once, and it was... Well, I can't remember where it was. It wasn't Jive's. It was another little restaurant where he was in the... Bottom yeah, floor? Frank's. 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 Yes, Frank's. that's right. And yeah. the reason we're not at Frank's right now is uh, twofold. One is the service was not fantastic yes, for us. I and heard that. Noticed. The other was the food was not fantastic <laughs> for us. So when you're looking for three things, room, food, and service, and two of them are gone, then it doesn't matter how nice the room is. <laughs> that's right. The so for a few months, uh, Milo's Heart, the one who organized the breakfast, actually had a uh, musical breakfast. It's kind of like musical chairs. Yeah, we alternated I... between venues trying to find one that worked best for us. Okay. And... Jungle Gyms is later than we had been used to. Like, it starts at uh, 10, o- 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock? 10 o'clock, rather than 9 o'clock. Um, so some people aren't able to attend as a result because they needed to get okay. away in time for church and whatnot. Okay. But it's the best place we've got yeah. at this point. So. Yeah, Moncton's started out Cheers, then it moved to Don Cherry's, and now it's out at Moosters. Yeah, it's, it's had three places. Is uh, gyms work good? Like, people happy with going there? Seem to be. Yeah? Um, the food is quite quick and good and reasonably priced. So okay. It, and having our own little private room is nice as well. It, yeah, yeah, to kind of keep you... Because the geocachers love to chat and it gets a little loud. and <laughs> Get up walking around throwing travel bugs around. <laughs> that's what it boils down to, yeah. Yeah, so... so. Okay, cool. Uh, that's good to know because, I mean, I, I've been to the, just the one at the Franks. I had actually thought about 
uh, going up for the breakfast this Sunday to try and do the podcast. Um, I hadn't actually made any plans or talked to you about it or anything, but I, I didn't even think I'd end up getting it anyway, so it worked out good that you were in Moncton, so... <laughs> Um, it's not my phone. It's not your phone. That's okay. Let no, her go. It's okay. His his goes off every time we record, so <laughs> it's just a matter of time. Um, new published caches. So I always have Grey Beast on our list because the I man, noticed. the guy is a machine. The caches in quotes. He puts <laughs> all the titles are in every quotes. Quote is, yeah. So that could throw off somebody who's searching for his cache because they're all going to be quotes. Yeah, it's when you search a machine. I noticed Tracker at 2.30 had done a series called Route 11. He published a whole pile along that, that uh, Route 11 that you go between Moncton and uh, Miramichi. And there's a whole pile of new caches. I'm sure there's 10, somewhere between 10 and 30. On, on, on Route 11 between uh, here and Miramichi? I'm, I think yeah. it's between here and Miramichi. It might be, well, that's, does it go any further? Yeah, it does go. It goes all the way up to Karaket. Yeah, it, uh, it might actually be further north because I think he's from that area. Regardless, yeah. it's on the 11. Yeah. So if you're if you're traveling north and you're taking the 11, Trigger 230's got a whole pile of new uh, new caches. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to skip over the next one just for a moment. A uh, couple of other ones I saw: Gumboots Group, or, uh, Mud in the Face. I saw Heath Trees. Put I was out just going to say Heath Trees put a few out this last uh, couple of weeks, and some good ones. Uh, I, I I put Argus's name down only because. This is an old. He's an older cashier. He's been around quite a while, but he, he barely. He's not that old. Well, you know what I mean. You barely. You don't yeah. see him very often, and he has only a handful of caches. This is in the Moncton area, and he has this one that a lot of people really like in Irish Town Nature Park, and it just got archived, and then all of a sudden there's a new one that came out. So I was really surprised. Yeah, to he see moved it. That uh, that his name had come up. Um, but the other big series of caches, uh, which is a nice segue into our, our one of our monthly topics, is obviously the Fredericton Geocaching Tour caches. So that was sort of a, a, a pilot project or a project from your area. You want to talk about a little bit how that started and where it came from? And well, just um, the, the poop. The, uh, the background <laughs> to the Fredericton Geocaching Tour was that... Um, we were talking at a breakfast one time back in May or so, May or June, saying that, you know, Moncton just released their challenge, and Riverview has released a challenge, and St. John has a challenge. Why doesn't Fredericton have a challenge? <laughs> it's really what it, is how the discussion more or less went. And we said, you know, we should really, we should really get on that. And, you know, the, the, the typical, we should really get on that being, somebody should get on that, but not me type of thing, is, yeah. is how the discussion was more or less at the, at the breakfast. Someone but not me. And so one of the casters in the area started a discussion on the Facebook on our Facebook group okay. saying that uh, we should get a challenge going. Anybody have any ideas on how to do that? We had a, quite a large discussion there trying to figure out what type of challenge we would like to do. I, fu- I fired off an email to the city, just a cold email to recreation depart- or to tourism department, which they forwarded on to recreation department, uh, saying we'd like to do a series. Okay. We'd like to have some help from the city. And here's the idea for the series. And I, what I decided to do is I designed this giant series and under the impression that they might say, sure, but let's scale it back a little bit and let's you know, cut down a little bit. <laughs> well, much to my surprise, and everybody else's as well, they did the exact opposite and said, that sounds great, but it's really not big enough. Let's make it bigger. Wow, okay. So it started off as a challenge of about 15 or 20 caches, and it grew into a challenge of 30 caches. 
That's the advantage know. of working with Parks Department as opposed to Tourism. Well, Tourism they, wants they, to go on the cheap. They both got on board quite heavily, yeah. and it wasn't so much Tourism wanted to do it on the cheap. Tourism wanted to do it on the local yeah. more than anything else. Yeah. We could have had our coins made by any number of people. Um, I mean, Oak Coins and Land Sharks oh, both yeah. make... Yeah, three Geeks is a good coins. job, too. Three, three Geeks makes a good one. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of really nice places that make coins, but the City Tourism said, you know, we wanted to see if we can get one made locally. Is that possible? Hmm. And I said, I think we can We can probably work with Groundspeak. All we have to do is get approval for the design, and it should be okay. So they went to Aiken's computer and said, can you design us a GeoCoin? And Aiken's computer said, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> but okay. yes. <laughs> More or less, yes, we can do it, but you have to tell us what it is and what it is that you're looking for type of thing. Okay. So the city hired a professional designer. I didn't realize how intense and how involved they were going to be at, at this point in time, but within a week of my first meeting with uh, Recreation, Tourism had hired a designer to come up with a logo for the challenge. Oh, wow. And I do like that. And th- that's where the, the logo came from. And at this point, anybody looks at the logo and says, that's Fredericton. What yeah. is the building in the background? It's City Hall. Is it City Hall? Okay. City yeah. Hall with the clock tower on this on City Hall with the ceremonial guard standing in front of it. It's yeah. very much a Fredericton logo, and not just a Fredericton geocaching logo, but you see the ceremonial guard on all kinds of signs in the city. Yeah. You see City Hall in the background on all kinds of signs in the city. Okay. So we brought, them, brought the two together in a circular format with the compass around it saying, this is, this is our yeah. geocaching logo for the city. Okay. And they've given us permission to use it for whatever we want. So we can include it on any cache that we want in the city, uh, though they prefer it just be caches that the city definitely is aware of and approves of, which makes sense. Uh, We can use it on any website related to geocaching for the city, that type of thing. So it's it's basically fair game for us to to use at this this point, as, as far as I'm aware at least, especially related with this challenge. And that was where it came aboard. Originally I was meeting with Recreation, and they said, let's do these 30 caches, let's come up with... Ten in one, ten that are focused on history, ten that are focused on culture, and ten that are focused on nature. And we 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 went away. We started talking amongst ourselves, trying to come up with what are some locations that are nice to bring somebody to. Because okay. I've done a lot of research into into challenges at this point around North America, saying what works, what doesn't work, what has people been pleased with, what have people not been pleased with. How can we make this something that we're proud of? One thing that people wanted for the most part, that I could tell, is they wanted more than one cache, because the more smileys you can get, <laughs> it's not about yeah. the numbers, but it is about the numbers. Yeah. 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 So the more smileys you can get, the better. Um, as far as tourism is concerned, the more trips somebody can make the city, the better. Or the longer they stay. Or the longer they stay. Yeah. So having ten caches is fine, but chances are they'll come up for an afternoon, finish them, and move on. Whereas if we have a challenge of 30 caches, it's doable if you really work your butt off. <laughs> you did. And know the area well and do some research and everything. You, you can do <coughs> it in a day without too much difficulty, but you have to really do your planning yeah. beforehand. Odds are you're probably going to do it in multiple stays. Which is the idea, which is where the idea behind the uh, three different stages of rewards came in. They okay. said, we'd like to have encourage people to come back a couple of times to finish it off. How can we say, you know, reward them as they go through. So, well, there's 30 caches. There's three different types of typical swag that you could get that's a nice piece of swag as a prize. You've got your wooden nickels, you've got your path tags, and you've got your geocoins. So if you find 10 of the caches in the Fredericton Challenge, you get yourself a wooden nickel. And you can turn in your passport at that time, get your wooden nickel, have your passport returned to you, and keep going. Okay. You finish another 10, you get your path tag as well. And again, you can turn in your passport, 
get they'll they'll check it off, say that they've given you a path tag, give it back to you, and you can keep going. They'll even mail it to you, which is another big thing that we we were worried about. Because one of the problems we'd found with the Riverview challenge, it was an awesome challenge, but anybody coming for the weekend had trouble getting the coins. It was also was listed on there that you could get the mail to you. And th and that's yeah. where we came up with it. If we should yeah. really make sure Riverview, that we have an Riverview easy way to get a mail. Actually, so they did. Yeah, use exactly. So yeah. and that came and up after. That wasn't part of the story at first with Riverview. Uh, uh, we never thought of that until somebody said, "Hey," and I said, "Well." And, There's and only so much you can do with it. That's oh, exactly. I mean, you, you yeah. encounter things as you go that you just had no idea was going to yeah. come up. Yeah. And yeah. We, we learned a lot from doing research from other groups and other challenges, including the Riverview one. And, yeah. and the mailing thing, we said, mailing's a great idea. Yeah. Can we do that? And Tourism said, yes, we can totally do that. Okay. So any anything can be mailed out just as easily. So we came up with the idea of 30 caches. The city sponsored the caches, they sponsored the nickels, they sponsored the path tags, they sponsored the geocoin, paid for an icon for the geocoin and everything because they wanted this thing to be something that they could be really proud of yep. and we could be really proud of. Started talking it up, got a fair amount of interest generated about it in a very short period of time, and were shocked and amazed by the sheer quantity of people that showed up <laughs> over the weekend. Should have expected that. You really should have. We, we should have, and we did. I don't think we expected quite as many as we got. I mean, typically, if you see an event listed and there's 30 people that have logged, they will attend, you can expect to get 45 people to show up, because you, you'll typically yeah, exactly. get about 50% above what had registered. So we had about 45, 50 people that had logged that they were attending, so we expected somewhere in 75, 80 people. We had more than 120. Wow. Did 120 people show up for that breakfast? More than. <laughs> we don't know exactly how many people showed up for the breakfast, wow. because people couldn't stay for the breakfast. Yeah, they, I was supposed. Uh, yeah. We only had room at the Snurdy Fox for 80 people. And we would have... Yeah, anyway, we... We, yeah. <laughs> we only had room for 80 people. And if, had we known we were going to get substantially more than 80 people, we would have scheduled a breakfast at 9 and another breakfast at 10 and had people sign up for which one you're going to go to so okay. we could have maybe people from out of town come up for the 10 o'clock one as well as some locals coming up for the 10 o'clock one if they don't feel like getting up as early. <laughs> Some of the really hardcore guys are obviously going to go for the 9 o'clock one so they can get on the trail at 10 o'clock and yeah. go. Yeah. But we can do announcements both times and everybody can feel included. Okay. As it was, a lot of the local cashers, or a fair number of local cashers, realized at about 9.05 when their whole restaurant was packed within five minutes of being opened that uh, not everybody could stay. They said, a lot of people have traveled for this. We will voluntarily leave after the announcements are over so people who have traveled can come here and eat. We'll go and find someplace, some, someplace else to eat. And if we can get started on it, we'll, we're more, ha more than happy to do that. Wow, that's So we said, idea. sure, here's, here's your passports, here's what you need to know, thank you, type of As thing. As we were pulling out, we could see people cashing. And some of them, because we got there at 10. Yeah. A few people left almost immediately, uh, some of them because it was overfilled. A few people left because they were borderline claustrophobic, <laughs> the sheer quantity of people that were there. And then those ones I wanted the first to find. Yeah. <laughs> there were a couple of the first to finds, I think, but um, for the most part, the ones that are really big first to find have stayed until the end of the breakfast anyway. Uh, well, until most people were done eating yeah. breakfast, I should say. Um, so it, we weren't too stressed out about people going out and finding them beforehand. I mean, we we published all over the place that the caches weren't going to be put in place until the breakfast actually took place. Yeah. That was to discourage people from going out and finding them beforehand <laughs> and collecting the stickers and everything. We wanted them to do it during the day. Yeah. Um, obviously, the caches were in place beforehand. Where, am I, where else am I going to get volunteers to put caches in place that aren't at the breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> my whole team of volunteers was at the breakfast. I, I, and anybody who thought about it would realize that, yeah, the caches are, of course, in place. 
um, the whole thing was an unbelievable amount of work, but it couldn't have possibly been done without you know my my loyal team of volunteers. <laughs> That's one good thing about um, the one I did for review. There's only six caches. And, and they're all within two kilometers of my house. Oh, exactly. And they're and all, that's, that's they're fantastic. all very quick, easy grabs. So I've had no problem doing maintenance on them at all. The, the ten that are downtown are easy to do maintenance on because yeah. you just walk a two-kilometer loop and you can yeah. you, you get to all of them and, and maintain them. And that's why two of those ones are the ones that are the trickiest, maintainable-type caches, the ones that actually have some moving mechanism in order to, to retrieve yeah. them type of thing. The other ones are a bit further away, and I'm glad that I have a, a team of people in place to help with it, frankly. That's good. I don't think the city believed me when I told them how quickly people would come up to find the caches, though. Yeah. Because originally we put 60 of the stickers in each cache. Because the idea is you find the cache, you take a sticker, you put it on your passport to prove that you were there, so you can turn in your passport, there's stickers that are unique for each cache. Yeah. We decided we wouldn't go for a punch because punches are expensive when you and get they to 30 of them, and they disappear. I've had to replace a few. And we didn't want to have to go through the hassle of, okay, how do we find that one exact same punch? And there's not exactly 30 or 40 different punches out yeah. there. I mean, they you have can't do a code word, like uh, Riverview did. Exactly. Too many. There's, there's, there's too many. Of them. So, so we went with the stickers. We, we thought about going for stamps. We actually discussed um, hiring somebody to design individual stamps for each cache. But the exact that. same problem with the punch, they're going to go missing. And ink freezes in the winter. Yeah. And we want it's at true. least two-thirds of the cache to be winter-friendly so people can come and at least get the path tag during the winter as well. Yeah. And, and they are. Um, so we went with stickers. And I said, we're going to need a lot of stickers in there to start off with. And they said, okay, we'll prepare packages of stickers for you to put in each cache. And we'll prepare the, the cache cards to put in each cache. And I don't think they realized how long that was going to take because it was Friday at 10.30 in the morning when I finally got the call saying, we have your stickers, we have your cache cards. And I had to have them all in place by Saturday <laughs> morning at 9 o'clock. Wow. So I did a lot of running around that day and that night and overnight and putting, <laughs> finding all the caches. Because I didn't know where they all were at that point. Uh, okay. um, I knew where the ones that I placed were. Yeah, that's right. I had the coordinates for the other ones. And I had the same hints everybody else was going to get. <laughs> but I had no idea where they were. I had to go and find them just like that's everybody else did. tricky. Um, I didn't find the Spring Hill Road cache on Friday. This one up the top of the hill? The one at the top of the hill, the yeah. Vista Cache. We had I a hard time with that one. We, had no, we didn't know how to get there. Because that's where we're that, not that's local. That's part of it. And, and we will be putting parking coordinates yeah. for that one. Yeah, There's a couple of them that we're adding parking coordinates yeah. for just because of that. And it, on one hand, it wasn't that we didn't consider putting parking coordinates in, but for some of the caches, we don't want to put parking coordinates yeah. there, like the, the trail caches. Yeah. Yeah. We'll include a copy of the trail map so you can pick what direction you want to come from. Yeah. So I don't say you have to come from this direction. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, so we, that's the reason we haven't put parking coordinates for most of them. We will for that one. For the ones on campus, the given coordinates are all at visitor parking spots. Yes, we noticed yeah, that. Yeah, actually, that's true. And the, the, the reason for that is because it's so hard to find visitor parking <laughs> on campus that we wanted to say, let's make it easy Here's the visitor parking spot. <laughs> yeah. Now That's you know where it idea. is. Now you don't have you have no reason to park illegally. No reason to get upset if you get a ticket for parking illegally. <laughs> the old Spring Hill cache was really nice. It was a beautiful vista. Beautiful. We awesome were there spot. at sunset. Yeah, that, that would be night. the time. And it was it. beautiful. The sky was red. It was yeah, the, the view was unbelievable. I hope we got to get two caches on the way out because there was there's two older ones there. Yep. So we ended up grabbing right those at the same time. That was one of my favorites. So yeah, it's definitely one to be complained about. Of course. Because <laughs> we got there all oh, no, up that hill. Of course. And it's half, the, a and long, half a kilometer straight uphill both ways. Yeah. So. And, and, that, and that was our second last cache. The last yeah, one was exactly. at Adele Park. But no, I didn't find it on, on the Friday. 
So I made it. I heard it was in thorns at first. It was in the center of the thickest set of set hawthorns, of hawthorns yeah. I've ever seen in my life. I tore up a jacket trying to find it on Friday. Oh wow! Uh, so when I came out on Saturday, I specifically packed thick armored clothing. <laughs> yeah. so I could fly, try and Who find hit that one? Can you say? Uh, Ranger One Seventy hit it. Yeah, yeah. And the reason he placed it there, and I agree with his logic behind it, yeah. is when he went up to place it. He saw lots of muggle activity in the area. Yeah. And he said, this is the best viewpoint, but I can't have it be super visible. And even if it is is visible, I want it to be the type of thing that no muggle is going to make the effort to go and get. Yeah. Yeah, that that actually makes sense. The downside is, it's not (laughs) kid-friendly. It's not (laughs) people-friendly. Not skin friendly. You need, to wear, skin friendly. Kevlar to you need to wear Kevlar to get it. So we're we're in you the need process. You to go find number one scout's cash called Ouch Ouch. We're, we're in the process now of relocating it slightly, uh, yep. just putting it in a slightly different place, so it's not full of hawthorns, but it's still muggle free. Yeah, yeah, it's quite visible. Um, yeah. And it's visible specifically because we didn't want people to have to fight through the hawthorns. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no good. We we were the second ones to find it when I did get up there with Forest Fauna, Conrad BC, and Aqua Kid on uh, on Saturday. We were the second group to get up there. And we were the second group to find it, too. I, I have no idea how Jim 52 and his, and whoever was with him Shepherd, fa- and, Shepherd, and, and found it. No idea. <laughs> because when when we did find it, it was substantially off the coordinates that we had. Uh, it was up the hill by another 50 or so meters. I don't... I don't. I doubt it was intentional. It, it may have, in fact, been a slip of my typing when I entered all the coordinates. It's, it's entirely possible. But... We found it in the end, and we moved it down to a spot that was close to where it was supposed to be, and yet not deadly to retreat. That, that would be where we found it. It was um, quite easy for us. And yeah. we, we specifically made it easy perfect. because we knew the coordinates weren't, wouldn't be perfect. So we said, for the day, for the weekend, we're going to make this easy. We'll come back, and we'll, we'll fix some of them up afterwards. Hmm. We knew, when we placed them, that some of them were in muggle-rich territory, yeah. and we'd have to move them after the event was over. But we also wanted to make sure that there wasn't a super geo trail leading to all of them. Yeah, as soon as the event was over, so we we decided we'd make them slightly less muggle proof for Saturday. And during this week, we've moved most of the muggle feared ones to slightly better locations. Just okay. uh, there, there'll be a geo trail there eventually. I mean, we only gave we've given out about sixty of the coins already, yeah. um, which is impressive. Seeing <laughs> how you have to find thirty of them and they haven't been published for a week yet, um, but. We there's going to be a geo trail out there eventually, but at least there's not one there already. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I've hidden caches as a geo trail after I've gone in and hidden it, come back out, and it stays that way forever. Well, yeah. the, the cache at the old government house. Uh, yeah. When, when I found it on Friday, oh yeah. When I found it on Friday night, <laughs> yeah. I I plowed the trail into it because yeah. um, it was. I don't know if you remember Friday. It was raining all stinking day. <laughs> so not only did I have to go and visit every cache and find them and put in new stuff in it keeping it dry, but I had to fight through this pouring rain. It was at oh, that point I couldn't see three feet in front of my face. It was raining yeah. so hard. Oh, wow. So I got up to the side of the trail. I said, I know exactly where it is. I'm not gently prying bushes out of the way, <laughs> plowed through it. The, the, you know where it is. I mean, <laughs> one that I remember that I really liked was the one, oh, and I can't remember where it was. It's a little graveyard. You had to walk down towards like a, a power station or a... Or a Pump station. There's a little graveyard almost in someone's backyard. Yep. The Major's Field, is it? Down by Major's Field? It's down by Major's Field. It's, it's at, it it's has an odd called, name. It's called St. Anne's Point, but the cache itself is called Salamanca. Yeah. Sal- I, I really Salamanca. enjoyed that little spot. 
It's a beautiful spot. Yeah. There was a cache there before that Forest Fauna owned, and he actually offered to archive it to let us put this one in place. And there's a few people that did archive the caches Hart. before that. Milo's yeah, Hart had to archive the Cashews cache. Yeah. Ace archived a Crossroads cache for us. Oh, I'm gonna get this. It's. I'm pretty sure it's. Hey, where am I? Uh, archived a couple of his I can see you and I can okay, hear yeah. you caches. Yeah. The one at the lighthouse he archived. Which he was gonna archive That's anyway was because. One there before, yeah. Which he was gonna archive anyway because it was under the deck, which they built walls around um, because <laughs> people had been doing things they shouldn't be doing. We were under the deck, deck doing something, caching. Well, they, they, they were doing things that yeah. were slightly less legal than caching. <laughs> we don't need to go into more details. No. Um, so they built walls there and his, his cache is still there. <laughs> he just can't get to it. Nobody can get at it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he was going to archive that one anyway. He just didn't archive it until just before this one came out to reserve the place. Otherwise us. somebody might have taken the spot. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think that was all the ones that were archived for us. Oh, uh, Anne Swims archived the one behind Science East for us for the Farmer's Market one. And she was more than happy to do that because it had been muggled four times in the last couple of months. That was anyway. one that was up top of a wall, was it? Yes. Not? And there's an earth cache near there. Yeah, there's an earth cache yeah. there still. And the earth, the earth cache highlights Science East and the, and the jail anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't a big deal to archive the cache that brought you to Science East since there's still a cache that brings exactly. you to Science East. Yeah, and the true. Farmer's Market one talks about Science East as well. Yeah. So, okay. Um, cool. Several of the locations we had to kind of double up on, like we originally the city wanted to cache at Memorial Hall and at the old Arts Building on campus. Which, for those of you not familiar with UMB campus, the buildings are about 50 meters apart. Uh, so okay. there's no way we're gonna have a cache at both of them. So we combine them into both. So the Mem Hall cache actually walks you past oh, Sir Douglas okay. Hall. Yeah. It also points out the archives, which they wanted us to yeah. to include in the tour somehow. It also points out. Uh, I forget what the other things it points out, to be honest. Too many puzzles that there I was a wedding there the day we, when we went up. Oh, was there? Yeah. Which one, the first one that we went to, the one that you have to walk up the stairs and around? The Stu Courtyard. Stu, yeah, right at the Stu Courtyard. There were yeah, people on the stairs in front of that pictures for a wedding, building, and they were all there yeah, having, having their wedding. I wasn't where they did that there, though it makes sense. It's a beautiful yeah, spot. Yeah, it is a beautiful spot. spot. Yeah. And right. I, I will go on the record saying that I know very well the difference between a power pole and a tree. Okay, because I'm just not sure how that happened. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I said, "Oh, there it is. It's not a power pole." It it will, it will be, be one day. It will be one it day. Is yes, clearly going to be a power pole. It's a power pole from ten feet up down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as as um, I think Aqua Kid and Forest Fonda both said that power pole is growing leaves. Yeah. <laughs> I said, nice. "Oh, so it is." But it's close enough. It's an easy find. Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't that hard to find. We had a lot of muggles, not muggles, but people watching us, and a couple guys stopped and talked to us, and, and thought it was awesome at the town, the city. That was the one on the one we had to go down the hill. Yeah, that that I don't remember. The, it's uh, the along Nashwalk the Nashwalk River. So, yeah, the, the Nashwalk Dam. Tr- yeah, the Nashwalk yeah. Dam. Yeah. an offset. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We had two gentlemen stop, and they thought it was fantastic. We explained to them what they were doing, showed them the cash. They thought it was great. Two older men and. Loved it. They said this is something they should get into. Yeah. There's been several people that I've explained the whole challenge to as part yeah. of this because one thing we didn't want to have happen is a week after the caches went active, one of the landowners come back and say, I don't want this here. Yeah. So I went and met with most of them. Yeah. Uh, the ones that I had in particular, I definitely made sure I met with. And the other ones, um, a few other people met with, like the Osprey Nest one, that whole area of the Lincoln Trail is private property on both sides of the trail. Oh. But uh, Muffin happens to know some of the landowners there yeah. and spoke to them for us and said, would you mind us highlighting this? And they said, we highlight it all the time. The more people we can get here to see the Osprey Nest, the better. So sure, by all means, do it. Mm. And 
the only reason that's an offset at all, and all the offsets, the reason they're offsets is because we couldn't put a cache at the feature that we wanted to highlight. The because there was a cache there or because of some other proximity issue, uh, either okay. between a cache that we were about to place with a challenge, in the case of Memhall and Stu, yeah. or the, there was cache there already that we couldn't contact the, the owner for. Uh, okay. Uh, the cache at the Osprey Nest, it was actually news to the landowner. He doesn't know who placed it. He was kind of curious about it. He said that, frankly, he, he doesn't mind a cache being there, but he wants to know who owns it. So he wouldn't mind if we asked for that one to be archived and put a new new one in its place if we introduced ourselves to him. But Groundspeak doesn't really like archiving cash for landowner reasons to turn around and say we can put a cash here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's kind of a oxymoron almost. So we just did an offset cash, and the offset caches have worked out quite well for us too. Yeah. Well, I just so. focused in on the cash, and I just went to the reciprocal of and, and that's, what, that's what a lot of and people distance. Have done. I didn't even go to it. And, yeah. and that's what a lot of people did, did for it, and that's fine for finding the cache itself, but the reason we give the offset is so you can see what the original thing is. Yeah. I think my, my favorite cache, the whole series, um, for the reason of the location, is the observatory cache. Because if you've read the description for the observatory, um, Dr. Biden is the one who actually determined the latitude and longitude of Fredericton yes. using that observatory. Yeah, okay. So that's a, that that's, that's a very geocaching-oriented reason for a cache. I was surprised that I never knew that before. Hmm. I went yeah, to UNB, I studied physics. You'd think I would have done something <laughs> with the observatory, but no, I never I never knew that Wow. before this challenge. Yeah, it's on the plaque. It's yeah. on the plaque there. And I walked past that building a hundred times. Well, we were looking but, on the plaque, Zee Martello and I were looking on the plaque, trying to get the telescope length. <laughs> it's not here, it's not here. We can't find it. We wandered around and... Oh, it's in the listing. <laughs> okay. And then we found it very quickly. I was tempted to put it in the listing. It's, uh, I was tempted to just grab something off the plaque, but I said, you know what? It's seven degrees. Yeah. The telescope's <laughs> seven and a half meters. Let's use that. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's just... Yeah. Plus, it forces you to actually read the description. And exactly. Everything, so, <laughs> another, which I'm a, another case of not reading the description. I'm a big proponent of read the descriptions so you know if there's some landowner issues you need to don't approach from the south or yeah. anything like that yeah. I, I highly encourage always reading the description I've read most of them so. in, you know. and I've not all some of them like downtown we were so quick to find a lot of them you didn't always have a chance but the ones we were going to like we, we read on them as we were going or something like that where well, we don't know the area it was really good for us one of the things that a lot of people even the locals said was they really appreciated in each of the caches like the Fundy Park caches there's a card in the cache that's laminated that actually has information about the area yeah. in French and English on it. And a lot of people said they really appreciated getting to the cache, being able to read that information of where am I exactly? I know there's a cache here. I know I'm at this exact latitude and longitude, but why am I here? Yeah. yeah. So they read the cache, the, the information that was on the card, which is identical to what's in the cache description. Yeah. But not everybody reads that part yeah. because they're looking for, what am I looking for? Not everybody reads both either. Yeah, <laughs> I remember exactly. seeing them there. Exactly. They were there and, in the way. And uh, only one person has commented so far, and I'm kind of surprised at this, that the card that's in the government house is not the government house one. It oh. is somehow the farmer's market. Oh, really? So the not, wrong card's in that not sure how that happened. Not sure where the government house card went. Not sure, how we got, not sure how we got two copies of the farmer's market, because I checked the farmer's market, yeah. and it's still the farmer's market. So, <laughs> really don't know what happened to... So we had a team, we had four people, so one person would open the cash, one person would take the stickers, while one person was signing the logs, so, you know, everybody had their hands full, and so, you know, it worked out well for us with our team. Well, I had a blast on Saturday myself. I mean, I knew where all the caches were, 
Yeah. So me going out and finding them and getting getting my smiley faces for them and everything is all fine and good. But um, like they were all all the caches were hidden under the name City of Fredericton, yeah. specifically to allow the team of volunteers to log them as well. Just yeah. like in PEI yeah. with the exactly series. like in PEI with the series, it's it's really hard to find volunteers to say yes, I will hide caches with this challenge if you can't give them credit for finding them. Yeah, that's true. Okay, because if you have this series of 30 caches released and you've agreed to look after five of them, everybody else is locking 30 caches and you only get 25. Yeah. And it's not about the numbers, but it but is. It is. <laughs> so I, I hid the six caches for Riverview with the the person, Asher, that I work with at Town Riverview. We went out and put them all out together, and then the ACG, ACG did the listings up, and I went and found them. I logged them. Exactly. Fine. I see no problem with it, yeah. but I wasn't going to go around and point them out to people. Yeah. So I had a blast following the group that I was with all day. Like, the other half of Coop Squared was there. My wife is. My wife and I both make up Coop Squared, so I, I'm happy. Yeah, you should explain Coop your squared. name real quick. Yeah. Uh, Coop Squared is the fact that my last name is Cooper, Yeah. and there's two of us. <laughs> so Coop Squared. Yeah, not Co-op Squared. It's not Co-op Squared, yeah. which some people think. <laughs> yes, so, I did so originally, but not just, anymore. Just I real quick, that. yeah, just to get yeah. that out there. So uh, my better half and I were in the group. Uh, Forest Fauna and his daughter Aqua Kid were there. Yeah. This was her first actual geocaching event and everything. That would be his oldest daughter. His oldest daughter, yeah. yes. Um, as opposed to the, the new newborn one. daughter. She, <laughs> yeah. would have, she would have had a hard time walking yeah. the trails, yeah. I think. Only about a month old, maybe. I, if I believe so. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, yeah, she would have had a hard time. And as we were walking, and uh, Nats, a friend of Forest Fauna's who works at Science East, was with us for part of the morning. We ran into Conrad BC, who is a student at UNB from New York, uh, walking downtown. He had no access to a vehicle or anything, and we're like, "You want to come with us? We've got room in the car." <laughs> so he came with us for the day, and he had awesome. a blast. Oh, that's yeah. great. Um, that's awesome. Which was fantastic. So I had a blast watching. As, they, as people found the caches and things. Um, it also allowed me to make sure that everything was going okay with the caches. And we, when we came to the Trail Visitor Center and found that the cache was missing... Um, that was convenient because that's when we got that's there. That's exactly well. the same time you guys got there. It reappeared later on in the day. Yeah, I heard. Because what the, the two little... Well, um, they left. While we were walking out, they were 10 feet in front of us. And I was eyeing them. They kept looking back at me. Looking, and remember? they were laughing. And they were laughing. They were looking back. And I said... That cache is going to be down that trail about 30 meters. Just kind of chuck it it, it wasn't down that corner. No? It was actually 30 meters up the trail towards Cane's Creek in one of the cedar trees. Oh, really? Yeah. I have no idea how whoever it was managed to find it up there. Wow. It was so far away that there's no reason you would ever look there, especially when the hint says, more or less, yeah. look under the steps, dummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no reason you'd look under a cedar tree 50 meters away. So somebody actually found the container. They found the, the actual container and everything oh, up the wow. trail and brought yeah. it back and put I read it in, that in, the in the proper location. Really? Yeah. Um, I was I was amazed by it. So as a result, we, I mean, we, we understand that it was missing for a period, so anybody that did find it during that period didn't yeah. get the sticker. We're giving them credit for it. And everything. Yeah, that happened to us. So. But as we were leaving that one, we also were walking up the trail towards Canes Creek, which is about uh, 700 meters away from the Trail Visitor Center up the trail. We ran into three other cashers who had been up there looking for half an hour and said, this is the first one we haven't been able to find. We have to give up on it. I said, oh, you're not giving up on it. You come with us, we'll find it. I guarantee you we'll find it because I know it's there. So they were really appreciative of the fact that we got there. They said, this is where I was looking. And not to give too much away, but there's the hiding place, and then directly on top of it is another hiding place that's <laughs> yeah. exactly the same, separated by a block of wood. It's not that the block of wood is hiding the cache, it's that 
it's just two le- two levels of a shelf, more or less. And yeah. they looked in the top shelf, and it wasn't there. Yeah, you um, found that one. I was about ten meters away, and you yelled, got it, and I walked over. Yeah. I, so I, so I, they I came down. They looked, the, the, I know the way the air They looked exactly where I knew it was and yeah. said, it's not. This well, is you where can see the, the gravel was all beat up for people walking we're, down around it, right? So. so they said, this is where I'm looking. It's not here. And I said, oh, no. And so I went over and looked. I said... There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you love that? So they were all like, no! Uh, yeah, they, they felt yeah. kind of silly, but they were super appreciative of the fact that we came along and helped them out at the time. So yeah. That's uh, what geocaching is about. Exactly. Um, you don't put geocaches out there for yourself. Exactly. I mean, for me, the reason I came up with this challenge, or the reason I was willing to work as hard as I was in this challenge, I mean, it was a group effort by all stretch. Okay, the team that I worked with in geocaching, we, we discussed things at length a lot of the time, trying to figure out how to keep people from abusing claiming the coins, to where's, yeah. how do we make this cash more muggle-resistant, to uh, what are we going to do about this dingus who's going to come up and try and find everything on Friday night? Well, we're going to lie to him and tell him that the public caches aren't there until Saturday. <laughs> That's so, an issue like with the Fun Day Park caches. They'd like to have them come out on Saturday, but they know people will go find them all on Saturday. And then the event Sunday, people will be, you know, it won't be as big of a bang. They want, it, Sunday wants a crowd there. And I totally understand that. Yeah. And, th- and that's one of the things the city was so pleased with, that we had such a crowd show up for this thing. Yeah. Um, having them published the night before was essential because people needed to get them on their GPS. Exactly. That's a big deal. So that's what happened so in Sunday last year. They came out late Saturday night. So and it worked could, perfectly because yeah, th- there's, there's Wi Fi access in the, par- in the parks. Too. Yeah. And I regret at that event, as an aside, we were. 500 meters away from that fog forest cache on Saturday night, and we we were gonna go for it. We're like, no. And then it was we'll missing wait. when you went. And then we went to get it. And it was gone. Go so we, yeah, we, yeah. We, we the butt. We kind of regretted not doing it on Saturday night, but whatever. Well, I think you did a fantastic job. Yeah, but it was it really well done. It. Very good. Thank well, you. I, Big thanks. As I said, I really wanted to do this for two reasons. One was because Fredericton needed a challenge. It did. Yeah, and it did. having lived in Fredericton most of my life, I love the city. I wanted to do something to show off the city. And yeah. not just, and I don't mean that in a bragging sort of way, but saying this is some cool stuff that's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And frankly, most of the people that are from Fredericton that have done the challenge have said the same thing. I had no idea that was there. Like, there's at least one of the 30 sites that people have never visited before. Hmm. And I'm the same way. There were, there were two or three of the sites that I had no idea those were there until I did this challenge, or I had no idea what the, what the purpose of it was. Well, I, I mean, that was like myself. I mean, I, I, I'm not from Fredericton, so I don't know the city very well. I mean, I did all the driving, so, and we were, you know, trying to get as many as we can, but it was still, it was really, it was really nice. Oh, well, the, I didn't know this trail existed, and then we went to, like, the, the cotton... The cotton, yeah, cotton, cotton plant. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of neat. I mean, you know. But I had already been, been You had been. You had I was been saying, oh, I know exactly where we're going, the cotton mill, because yeah. I remember that hike getting that pirate multi in there. <laughs> so being able to see all these all these different parts of the city that I don't know anything about, you know, being from Moncton, it was it was really nice. Despite the, despite the fact that we were kind of plowing through everything quickly, even in doing a big mad run like that, you still got to see the city. You still got to see all of these great things, which is fantastic. And one of the things that we really wanted to focus on as part of where we're hiding the caches is we wanted something to be parking grabs because some people just like to do parking yeah, grabs type of things. Others prefer to do hikes and things, so we wanted to have a mix of them. In the end, we've got about 10 kilometers of hiking that is required to do the challenge. Okay. And everybody who's done the whole thing has done at least 10 kilometers of hiking. One person came with their pedometer on Saturday night and showed it to us to say they went 17 and a half miles during the day. <laughs> I have no idea how they did it. I think they walked to Clarion and back. <laughs> yeah. But 17 and a half miles, either, either their pedometer was miscalibrated 
or they got horribly lost and won't admit it. Yeah. Or they had the shakes, maybe. Or Every bump in the car is moving. Every bump in the car is moving. But, yeah. but anyway, um, the, the second reason I wanted to do it is because, for me, geocaching is all about people and all about social things. I wanted something that, yeah, that absolutely. people could enjoy. And not just to show up the city and see new things, but I wanted to go out and have fun with a bunch of friends and allow other friends to go out and have fun as well. I mean, I've gone caching with dozens and dozens of different people now. We're almost at the point that we're eligible for... There's a cache down in Maine that's a, that's oh, a, a second challenge. You have to have cache with 100 different cachers. We're almost at that point now, and we've only been caching for two years. Wow. There's, there's a core group that we go with a lot, but we go caching with as many people as we can because, for us, that's what it's all about, going having yeah. adventures with, with a bunch of friends. And I don't know very many cashers that I wouldn't refer to as friends because they're all a bunch of great, they're all a great bunch of people. Yeah. So I wanted to have something that was fun for people to do, as a group. Yeah. Um, we wanted to have thirty caches to make it so you'd have to come back a couple of times if you weren't from the city, or even if you were from the city, so you'd go at it a couple of times to find the caches. Um, yes, you could do it all in a day. It's doable, as you guys know. <laughs> we did. It, yeah. it can be a mad dash if you don't have. Good coordinates to start off. It won't with. be it possible in the winter. It won't be possible no in the winter way. for two reasons. One is that only only two thirds of them are going to be winter friendly. Yeah, it's not so much by design but by force. Yeah, um, there's just not winter friendly locations at some of the places that yeah. we've got. I mean, we've got ten caches in the heart of downtown. I had no idea we could fit ten caches <laughs> in the heart of downtown. I tell you, I walked. I must have walked thirty kilometers just in circles downtown trying to jigsaw those caches together. The reason the Christchurch Cathedral is so far away from Christchurch Cathedral is to make room for everything else. <laughs> you can still see the cathedral, you just turn around and it's there. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But it's it's not on the front deck because I just couldn't do it. There yeah. used to be a cache behind the church at one time, wasn't there? In a light, in a light thing on the ground? Quite a while ago there yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. I found um, out a few years ago, yeah. I think, it was, I think it was archived before I started, Yeah. Uh, to be honest. But I was told, there's one there. I said, not according to the maps. <laughs> I'm hoping it's not. I remember finding it. Yeah. So... It was a lot of work getting them in place, and there's just nowhere to hide some of them that's weather-friendly. Yeah. Yeah. So they are labeled, there are attributes on all of them that say they're tourist-friendly because it's something that's worth coming to see. Yeah. Most of them are kid-friendly because there's some place that you'd want to bring a kid along to say this is cool, or if you have yeah. a kid along, it's fun to do. And having watched a seven-year-old do it, <laughs> she had a blast, and she walked the whole 10K, and the city was super impressed with that, too. So, wow. Yeah. Um, and didn't complain at all. She had a blast. So it's it's a fun challenge to do. I'd encourage people to do it not just because I had a hand in planning <laughs> it, but because it is a lot of fun. It brings you to some really cool places in Fredericton. And you get a wooden nickel, a path tag, and a geocoin out of it. I mean, it's... That's a bonus. You, it's a bonus. Finding the yeah. caches. Finding the caches. Yeah. Going out and doing it is definitely the, the, the point of the challenge. Yeah. But we knew that to get more people to show up for it, you'd have to, you know, sweeten it a little bit, yeah. bribe people. <laughs> so we bribe, we bribe you with three different prizes. So if you can't do them all in one day, fine. Come on up, grab yourself ten of them, get your wooden nickel, you get your passport back, you can keep going. Um, you can only find 20 of them, fine. Do 20 of them. You can only find 15, fine. Do 15. Come back another time. The city's more than welcome to have you along, and not just because the tourism department helped out with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that uh, people enjoy it. Yeah, so very good. Well, coming from someone who had nothing to do with it, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. I recommend I, it to everybody who's listening. Yeah, any anybody that's listening that wants to to give themselves a challenge that's not a geo challenge, you know, an actual 
But the or worst part now is if I ever go caching up in Fredericton with Paul and Stacy, <laughs> he's going to want me to go and find them, and I'm going to have to whine and complain to not. Because so, you've already done Because I've already done them. So he's going to have to go and do them with somebody else, not me. And I'm nice, sure he's, he'll be nice, happy. Nice little jab there, Ken. Little jab there, Paul. <laughs> Paul. Thankfully, most of the caches, however, are somewhat nearby some other caches that are around. The downtown ones certainly aren't, because there's nothing left downtown. Yeah. There's, I think there's two caches that are downtown of that area that aren't part of the challenge now. Yeah, there was and only a few I had on mine that I, keep, I hadn't yeah. found anyway. I keep calling it a challenge, but we we try to avoid the name challenge in this just because we don't want to confuse it with challenges. Yeah. Or, Challenging, or the word challenge is confusing in geocaching right now. Yeah. It's... That's why we call it the Fredericton Geocaching Tour. Tour. So if you, want it, like it. if you want to find the caches easily, you either search for the city of Fredericton as the user that hid them, or search for FGT. Yeah. And every the cache is called the FGT. The They're all bookmarked. Um, every cache page has the bookmark list on it, yeah. as well as a link back to the city of Fredericton website that has the link to the passport. And if you somehow manage to get to the Fredericton tourism site before you get to the bookmark list, there's a link to the bookmark list <laughs> on the website. So there's, there's no possible way you can't find all the information that you need. Exactly. It, it's all there, and if you do run into trouble, just fire off an email. I'll apply to it pretty quick. Anyway. And we should actually have uh, something on that on uh, Kasha. Yeah, we, we'll, I, uh, we'll, we'll put in a link to all that and, and its own little section. Yeah, we so, can, I can create a, like we can create some kind of page about it to, to sort of discuss that that kind of thing. I, I should comment at this point that the city is super pleased with the write-up that you did on Kasha MB. Oh, oh they, yes. wow, thank you. They've shared that with... There are the officers of tourism and everything. Like the two people I worked with, Kate Baird from recreation and Stacy Russell from tourism. Um, Stacy was very pleased to be able to share that with the rest of tourism because it's saying, "Hey, look, these guys from Moncton came down and did this. They had a blast." So there, we actually we did something <laughs> that people enjoyed. Type of thing. Great. Um, well, that's good to hear. And that was a worry that they had at the beginning. Um, two two things that we discussed at the very beginning of the whole challenge was first of all. If the geocachers at any point were not comfortable with the challenge because we didn't think it was something that geocacher would enjoy, we would walk away from the table. They knew that up front, and it was because we didn't want to end up doing a challenge that everybody came to and hated. We wanted to have something that people enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, and tourism said the exact same thing. They said at any point in time, if we're not comfortable with it because we think it will show Fredericton in a bad light, we're pulling the plug and we're, we're, we're shutting the whole project down. So we have to have caches that are in good locations that people will enjoy going to. We have to have good quality containers. We have to have something that is worth doing. Absolutely. Did they and supply everything for you? They supplied absolutely All everything the containers. for us. Couldn't ask for better containers. The right size and are good. And I didn't want to go with all, all really small containers. Yeah. Like they're all about 800 milliliter lock and lock containers. Some yeah. of them are a little larger than we'd like for the location. Uh, we wanted to go with all the exact same kind of container, but both Walmarts and Fredericton ran out of containers before we had 30 of them that were the same. So we we went with the different sizes, and it happens to work out reasonably well for the location that we have them in. Um, I did have to supply one small container myself because we realized that the container at Gallery 38 or Gallery 78 just none of the larger containers would fit there, so it's that's the smallest container of the bunch. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I remember that um, one. It, it's about a fist-sized container where all of the other ones are sandwich size or larger. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think I remember that. But the nice thing about them is every single one of them can hold trackables. They can hold any swag that people want to drop off. They can they, even hold another cache. They can even hold the, <laughs> one flew over the cuckoo's nest cache. Yes. And 
In fact, that was a highlight of my day coming across <laughs> the Clarny Lake cache. It was one of the last caches in the day. It was late enough in the day that I said, you know what, I don't think anybody else is coming out here at this point in time. <laughs> I'm going to grab it and take it with me. And when I got home, I saw the note saying from Captain Obeer saying, please leave it in there till Monday. But I didn't see that because how would I know until I got home? So Yes, you can't control that. Exactly. So I had it. I told them I wouldn't log it until people had a chance who did visit it to actually log it yeah. on, on the day. Because um, I didn't want anybody to be confused about the fact that it's my possession and people are logging. I put a few notes on it so that people know what was going on, so everybody was in the loop. Yeah, so anybody that was watching it knew that it was going to be at the Clearing Lake Cache. I put a note on it as soon as I got home saying yeah. that I have it now, so don't go looking for it. I'm not logging it yet, just to make sure that those of you who did find it can log it as a find before it is in my possession, so nobody gets upset over the whole thing. So Yeah. Um, the whole thing was a lot of fun. I, I had a blast with it. So did we. And I'm pleased that, so far, knock on wood, every comment that he's come back for it has been positive. Well, I mean, you really can't, you really can't beat that. So it's, you know, for your guys' first attempt at any kind of a geocaching tour within Fredericton, it's, uh, it's definitely good to and, see. And you may get so. some negative stuff, but the, it'll be stuff that you can just overlook. I I've got negative comments on some of mine that I put out for the review. But, I mean, I you, you're, not, you're never, ever going to be able to please everyone. Well, I try. No way. I mean, the, there, there was one, one comment that we received on Saturday that was negative, was somebody said that they didn't like all the hiking. Like, well... To, to which my immediate response was, what are you geocaching for? <laughs> which... <laughs> You knew you were doing some hiking for this. I told like there's the attribute that there's a medium hike on like six of them, which means it's more than a kilometer, and it's really just a kilometer. Yeah, it's about half a kilometer there and back. I didn't want to say less than a kilometer because that's the wrong idea. But <laughs> there's a hike to it. Yeah. All right, you know there's a hike to it. If you don't like hikes, don't do it. Yeah, well, but there are people that I mean, they're just they don't. They don't want to do hikes. And, and they don't so, want to do micros. They don't want to do, do micros. More power to them. Yeah. On the plus side, for those of you people complaining about micros, there's not a micro in this whole challenge. <laughs> yeah. The puzzles in this challenge are so easy that, uh, frankly, the, the, the most difficult ones are offset caches. And if you haven't done an offset cache, go and do the Nashwalk Dam Trail, or the Nashwalk Trail Dam cache, because that offset shows you what offsets are about, shows you how to do them, and it's super easy to do. Yeah. GPS, most GPSs do them anyway. Exactly, so yeah. it's, it's not a big deal. But the other puzzles are easy enough for somebody under 10 years old to solve. I do have an inter- another question, though, regarding that, because I was kind of talking to Ken about this, because you had traditionals, you had puzzles. Was there any thought of including a uh, a multi or a letterbox in the challenge? Was there any thought given to that? The only reason we didn't go with the multi is because we wanted to have more smileys for people to come and get. Okay. I mean, we easily could have done a multi-cash for all of UMB. Yeah, uh, that's true. It had yeah. like a different, like one card at Mem Hall, and then your next stage is over at Sir Douglas Howard Hall, and there's another card there, and your next stage is at the archives, and there's another card there. Yeah. We could have done it that way, but the variety of reasons that it just wasn't a good plan. Okay. Uh, we wanted more smileys, was one of them, and I know that's a kind of facetious thing to say, but another one was really, it's, it's more, the more containers you have, the more likely something's going to go wrong. So yeah, for, for multi-caches, especially on a place like campus where there's people going all the time, you really got to be leery of where you put things. Yeah, you almost have to look for plaques and numbers. And, and exactly. Like in which case, in which case, it's really more of a puzzle cache than a multi-cache yeah. anyway. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. if you don't leave something there, as far as I'm concerned, you're, lo- you're dealing with the puzzle cache. Um, so we we looked at it. The only reason we didn't is because because containers would just go okay. missing too easily. Maintenance is easier on a puzzle than it is on well, a yeah. multi-cache. Yeah. And 
that was another big thing that we wanted to make sure of. The research I did, a lot of the challenges and the tours we found in the States, there's some fantastic websites that show all of them. Oh, um, really? Okay. The ones that were really highly regarded for the first month were really highly regarded for the first month, but then they weren't maintained. So they immediately went to the bottom of the list, and no, everybody hated them after that point. Hmm. And we said, there's no way that we're going to put this thing out without having a team in place to do the maintenance on it. Yeah. I mean, yes, we're having a huge trouble getting the stickers restocked right now, but it's because we had such a fantastic turnout that we just... I told the city we were going to have a lot of people, and they said 60 is a lot of people, and I said 60 cashers is a lot because, I mean, we've got teams like I See a Mummy has five people to go around with them. So, yes, there were 120 people at the breakfast, not 120 cashers. We had more than 60, though. Yeah. Because we found out at the end of the day that there were several of the downtown cashers that had no stickers left. Yeah. And that was on Saturday, and we just didn't have any stickers on Sunday. <laughs> so we couldn't go out and replace them on Sunday because we didn't have the stickers yet. Wow. So we've been working this week at getting the stickers back in stock. There's a dozen of them in each of the caches now. And I know a dozen isn't going to last super long, but it'll last at least till till Friday when <laughs> we will have a better supply. Like, the, yeah. the dozen that we had were kind of emergency reserves. <laughs> uh, the city's going out and buying another hundred of each of them so we can put them in the caches okay. and not have to worry so much about the stickers. It's one good thing about having 30 caches. People won't find them as fast as, like, the six in your review. Because yeah. 100, 100 coins were gone in 28 days. Yeah. Because there's only six to find, and they're all quick. Half an hour, you were done. So yeah. this will slow people down. It will. And there's several people that we know of that are coming up over a few days to work on it. Yeah. And we've been contacted saying, we've, we're, we're coming up on this day, we're coming up on this day, are there going to be stickers for us? And I've been able to say yes or no, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, YNDS came up on Tuesday, and I was honestly able to say, I can't guarantee you're going to have stickers in all of them. Yeah. I can guarantee you'll have them in some of them. The ones that are downtown, probably not. The outlying ones, probably at least a few, because they weren't all found by 60 cashers yet. Um, so he said, well, I'll do the further ones away to start well, off. Well, I think you had mentioned they could take the outline of the sticker and, that's what and put that on so you'll know it was a star or a circle or and, a moon And or to be honest, the, so many people did that on Monday and Tuesday that by Tuesday, really? the Christchurch Cathedral ones were already gone. Oh, there wasn't wow. a single outline left for the Christchurch Cathedral. That's crazy. Um, so I, well, that shows that that's a testament to how popular the and and it is. That's what it boils down to. Like <laughs> The fact that like more than 120 stickers or people have taken stickers that have gone out. Now, it's entirely possible that somebody just took the entire outline of one of them. Uh, rather than taking just one outline oh, of the card, yeah. they might have taken the whole sheet, because that one happened to be like a plasticky sticker and a paper sticker, so yeah. it was harder to rip. Yeah. So they might have just mangled the whole thing and said, nuts to this, I'll take the whole stupid sheet, <laughs> rather than taking one. Yeah. But, at the same yeah. time, most of the other ones, I've retrieved all the blanks from them. There was only three or four left in each wow. of them. Wow, that's that's amazing. Uh, none of the caches were designed to be very difficult to find, but I've been noticing that there's three or four of the caches that have had several DNFs on it already. Oh, uh, yeah? The monkey trees have had several DNFs on. That was uh, hard. We were there in the dark. We got help. Uh, oh. <laughs> you, you might need it in the dark, or you might not. It depends on how observant you are and how yeah. much you think this we, is going we to We were in a rush, too. That we, we, we were, were tired. <laughs> we, yeah. You were closing up, and we, yeah. were, we were tired. I was surprised that St. Anne's Chapel of Ease has had several DNFs. That's the church downtown? Yes. I yeah. was surprised it had as many DNFs. And the clue was like bricks or something. Yes. Yeah, that was a great one. And I, that was one of my favorite it ones. It fit in. My two favorite caches to place, or my three favorite ones, was that one, the farmer's market, just because of how stupidly simple the farmer's market <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I laugh at it every time I see it. 
I'm aware I'm taller than most people. Yes, vertically apologize challenged. Yes. for those of you who are more vertically challenged. <laughs> but it can be done. There's a post right there. It's not hard to get up. There was one person that was about five and a half feet that did manage to retrieve it all on her own. So it can be done. If you have that much trouble, just ask somebody. And the one on so. the Nashwalk River. The clue was something. The Nashwalk Stream. Nashwalk trail. Stream Trail. Yes. Yeah, that one was... A little tricky. That's an offset, but the hide was oh, a little... Oh, the, the Nashwalk's just... The dam. The dam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the, yeah. Offset. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, the offset. offset one. And that one was a and little bit tricky. We walked around that a few times before we stopped and focused and got it. And once you get to the right point and, re- and read the hint, it's not as bad. Those who did the challenge on Saturday didn't have the hint, unless okay. they remembered to get it on Saturday morning at the breakfast, because the cache was unfortunately not published until late in the day on Saturday. I think by the no. time we went, yeah. yes, it was published. It by just time, got published. By the yeah. time we went, it had like it had only been out. It couldn't have been out an hour. It yeah. might have even have been yeah. a half an hour. And the whole reason for the error was all the caches had been approved on Sunday beforehand, and on Thursday uh, they were supposed to be published Friday at noon. Thursday night, I was doing a last-minute review just to make sure the coordinates were correct and to know which ones I had to update immediately as soon as they were published because they were all locked. Yeah, I looked at the Nashboxes dam, or Nashwalk, or Nashwalk Trail Dam cache, and I realized it was listed as, as a traditional cache. It was an offset, but it was listed as traditional. Uh, okay. And somehow, I had missed it, and Cache Tech had also missed it. So I sent an email to him, and I said, can you please change this to an unknown cache? Everything else is in place, the, waypo- the additional waypoints are in place, everything is there, it's just, it's listed under the wrong category. Can you swap it for me? Yeah. And he emailed me back and he said, I've unlocked it for you, make the change, email me again to make sure that it's done, and I'll, I'll publish it for you, no problem. Unfortunately, it didn't get published with the rest of them because they were all pub- set to auto-publish it. Yeah, noon. yeah. Okay. And it happened to be noon Eastern time rather than noon Atlantic time because I was sitting in front of my computer at 12 o'clock ready to make the changes, <laughs> and it was 1 o'clock when I could make them. <laughs> but anyway, um, so that's the reason that one was published late. It was just a... It was the wrong type of cash was listed as well. Just a minor oversight. And frankly, he would have published it anyway, but I wouldn't have been able to change it, and that would have irritated me <laughs> too much. I wasn't able to let it go. I wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> Most people wouldn't have noticed, no. but being slightly CDO, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of have to... Like I, I tried to make it as, as perfect as I could, so I had to change it to, and I had to, change it to the unknown type rather cool. than leaving it as traditional. All right, so... It sounds like, uh, I mean, fantastic event, fantastic uh, tour. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad. It was really good to hear kind of the, the background on that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that as. Yes, we'll, we'll skip we'll that. We'll skip that. We'll skip the rest of that. For Next now. week, Let's go straight Next to month. the, uh, the events and that. So, um, yeah. So anybody listening, definitely, uh, if you have the opportunity to go to Fredericton more than once, I mean, do the, do the geo tour. Of the city, uh, courtesy of the city of uh, Fredericton and Coop Squared and his uh, his team of his own lackeys that are uh, volunteering for uh, working on the the tour. So big, big thanks to you guys. Um, As I said on the Fredericton Facebook group, I would thank you all by name, but I f- would probably forget somebody and feel terrible about it afterwards. So that's the only reason I'm not thanking everybody by yeah, name. Yeah, be a little bit safer that way. Yeah, so. that's what. I- um, so we could jump right back to, the, to down to the uh, the last little tidbit here because we uh, we're over our hour, so we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing good here. Uh, just for uh, events coming up in the province of New Brunswick, so you have the typical breakfast runs that are going on. I think there's we've got our Moncton St. John, Fredericton. I think there's a St. Stephen meet. Yeah, they've been they've been doing pretty they've good. They've been down doing there. a few of them yeah. down there. 
there's a whole bunch of events going on for the 11-11-11. So there's, uh, you know, I don't know if there's slash mobs, but there's just meet and greets. I did my... Well, you're doing I one. did my Paul's little... doing one in Sackville. Yeah, <laughs> we're both doing it, which ultimately ended up at the same time, because I changed the time on mine twice. <laughs> which is my own fault for not paying attention, but I, I, I got that done now, so... Um, I saw that Treehugger had her uh, her snapshots event coming up in Fredericton yeah, as well, and she's very much looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. That uh, I I you know what the date on that is? Do you remember? I know we have it on the website. I just don't remember what yeah. it is offhand. I think it's late November. It's I I want to say sometime around November fifteenth. Yeah, it seems, to, it seems to ring a bell. Um, but it, it's probably later than that. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. Uh, you also have uh, another CEDO event coming up for your section of the highway that you guys uh, you guys yep. take care of, which is, is pretty cool. And also, Milo's Heart has organized the uh, Come Out and Play events, which are going on across the province all on the 19th of November. So for the big winter contest that will be coming out, uh, details to be released, I guess, mm-hmm. um, there's going to be events in Moncton, St. John, Bathurst, and Fredericton, all to sort of launch the contest this year. So anybody that wants to know more about what's going on with the winter contest can come to one of these events. I mean, that covers, I think, basically the whole province, you know. So you more should, if, if you want to learn a little bit more about it versus what's just on the website when it finally comes out, uh, you can attend one of the breakfasts. So I know, like, Fredericton, uh, she said Scouter Rick, I think, is doing a, an event in Fredericton, I think she said. I know that her and uh, Milo's Heart, they're going to... Bathurst for an event that same day. She said she was actually going up there. Okay. Uh, YNDS is doing the one in St. John, and I have the one for Moncton in the queue here, so that should be coming out within a couple of days. It's going to be at uh, Pizza Delight on Mountain Road. So uh, that'll be all on the 19th. So anybody interested in, in the contest, um, I don't know much more about where they are on their the specifics of this year. Okay. I know that... Uh, they were looking for feedback, and there was a lot of uh, discussion about things they wanted to do and incorporating hiding and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so hopefully we'll uh, we'll hear some more about what the the big plan is for uh, the winter contest. I know uh, you certainly enjoyed it last year. The I believe you were the crowned the winner of yes, uh, you last were. year. It was so. an enormous <laughs> amount of work, but it was an enormous amount of fun. I don't think we'll be in the running for the highest score this year, <laughs> specifically because we found every five five cash in oh. Atlantic region. <laughs> There's a bunch on the um, island now. Uh, the Evil Island? Evil Island. Yeah, we found all of those. Too. Oh, you've already found them. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're at the top of the ranking for the area for 5-5 five, five catchers. I think we've got something like 15 or 16 oh, of them at this point. Oh, wow. Um, and five of them were for that challenge. And we, we didn't even re- record the Find a 5-5 five, five Cash challenge. As one of your 20 tasks. Oh, really? As one of tasks. Wow, really? We applied them to everything else, like Find a oh, Cash okay. on an Island... Well, that one was easy. Find a, find an earth cache was a five five. Um, we found. Oh, I forget what we used the other ones for, but um, <laughs> anyway, they were all. all they were all it. other tasks. <laughs> but there's no way we're gonna be able to find uh, enough high ranking caches to go <laughs> up to the high ones, unless people hide a bunch of new ones. Well, that's um, you know. I'm, I, I'm talking to you there, uh, Mr. Toaster Eater. <laughs> That that would be uh, Team Newfie Trio. Oh, okay. If you aren't aware of our Fredton Region group, group joke about our most intense geocacher ever. <laughs> he doesn't eat toast for breakfast. He eats toasters. <laughs> That's how intense he is. Oh, wow. All right. So it'll be interesting to see how they plan to incorporate hiding. 
because I know that was yeah. a, that was the thing about the last contest. Some people, I mean, it was it was very well done, uh, but I know the one comment I kept hearing was, you know, we wish there was a little bit more hiding in that because the traditional winter contest have been about. I think, I think I'm definitely looking forward to seeing hiding as part of it as well. Uh, my only problem with it last year was the hide tasks because they were very restrictive in the length of time you could hide them. So yeah. you basically had hide five traditional caches, but you got to hide them in the same day, so you're basically looking to trail of five caches. Yeah, okay. Rather than hiding a couple of really creative things that, yeah, that yeah. make people think, or something that's really challenging, or something that is specifically designed for kids. Or Yeah, and, just something and that's, that's what I'm really looking forward to. Like, I prefer, like most caches, I think, I prefer to find a really good quality cache, and I would go out of my way to find a good quality cache, rather than walking down a trail and getting... 10 or 12 of them that happen to be in that trail just because there's space. Yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I'd hike a trail and do the caches there if they're there, but I, I would enjoy far more going down a whole trail and finding a really cool, well-done cache. Yeah, absolutely. So, so hopefully we'll hear uh, within, well, if the events are on the 19th, so we're, what, well, we're the 19th, 19th today, so, so yeah. that's exactly a month from today will be the launch, so uh, uh, keep your eyes posted on Cache Up New Brunswick for the the details. We're going to use the same kind of registration and uh, form submission that we used last year, so you'll be able to do everything electronically with a couple of little uh, little changes. So, aside from that, any other uh, closing, final wrap-up comments, gentlemen? Nope. Nope. You're good? I'm good. You're good? I'm really good. Daryl, yourself? Only other thing I want to say is a last thank you to the City of Fredericton for their help with the Fredericton Geocaching Tour. Um, both Recreation Department and Tourism Department and our local Snooty Fox restaurant, Absolutely. Um, who hosted our breakfast for us, uh, was couldn't have done it without all their help. So, just Great. one last thanks to them. Maybe you could uh, forward off the link to the that's, podcast for them. <laughs> that's the plan, actually. <laughs> Good stuff. Awesome. One of the reasons I made sure I had to plug them at the end. Well, <laughs> I wanna, but I'm thanking them as well. Thank you. Thanks to everyone for it. Great, uh, great job. And uh, thanks to all of our listeners, you know, whoever's yeah. out there that's listening to this. And uh, we'll see you again next month.